0: This is For Fox Sake. Hello and
1: welcome to For Fox Sake episode eighty-five. Oh, I've missed that. Eighty-five.
0: I feel I feel like I haven't heard that phrase in, in long enough. First question is, who the hell are you? Who are you? Who are you? Normally, Normally why historically, in the previous eighty-four episodes of For Fox sake, it's been, oh yeah, we couldn't do a podcast this week because Rob was away somewhere. Yes. I have a new job where I work Monday to Friday, school hours only. And we haven't done one in about a fortnight. So it's your fault. Where have you been? It's been longer than a fortnight, hasn't it? It's been ages. I've been Canada, Canadia. Um, where
1: I was on a Nottingham Forest podcast. Oh. Just purely because they recorded one and I just put my all in about uh, how yeah. what a mess there are and our, that sort of thing. It's basically like our ugly
0: sister podcast. Yeah.
1: Um. So I was on that and we couldn't do it because obviously I was over there and all that sort of thing. Um. And then we didn't do it for a week. Because of or the week I came back, because they were playing, and we said we'll do it the week after. Then I didn't do it. I had a sore throat. Um, and because, obviously, with my work, I can't like just carry on talking or else that'd be a mess. Um,
0: and then so, you had a hangover. Then I had a hangover. And then your car failed its MOT. That's well, It didn't fail its MOT. It, um, it, it needed to then be you taken in. scraped through its MOT. Yeah,
1: it needed to be taken in and sorted out. Um, uh, which and, it was. And it now we're fails. here. Now we're here, yes. Um, a lot to talk about. Yeah, there is. Anyway, so so yeah. Sorry that we've not been doing it for a while, but there you go. It's just um, it's just uh, how it is. Anyway, nothing's really changed. Leicester are playing well, uh, picking up points. Seventh place is on, and we're in the FA Cup. Or when you say playing well, or Leicester aren't playing well. We're still in the FA Cup, um, and it's all slowly unraveling. And it's going to be a real damp squib end of the season. Um, I mean, end of the day, um, it's not been too clever. Um, I was at the Stoke game, wasn't at the Bournemouth game, but um, I think you can basically put them both together, really. Because same, same thing, same that- kind of thing. But by all accounts, the, um, the well, I, from what I've heard and what I believe, and this that and the other, the Stoke game was slightly better. I, I still give a lot of credit to Stoke themselves for. For the draw, they defended very well and the goalkeeper made a brilliant save or two. hit the post at the bottom. You know what I mean? It it was just one of those games where they couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Mm -hmm. And to to a certain extent, that was the case against Bournemouth. Maybe not quite the same, but uh, the same
0: problems exist. Yeah, and And the, the main problem is, for me, Leicester not starting with enough intensity. Needing something to react to before they start turning the screw. Needing something to react to before they start creating these chances. Yes, we created enough chances in the Stoke and Bournemouth games to win four or five games. Let's be honest, six or seven clear-cut chances in both, at, at least, off the top of my head. But why does it take so long for Leicester to get into the game? Stoke, first half, kept the ball brilliantly, but kept the ball in our defensive third or the middle third. Didn't
1: trouble them. I think I think the podcast is going to be a series of questions. Like, is this the case? Or why is this happening? Is it because of this, that, or the other? How can it be solved? Is it through doing this or doing that? I think that's roughly how how you've got to approach it. And because- the thing is,
0: we haven't got the answers. So we're rhetorically okay. asking them. Whoa, whoa, well, whoa. We haven't got the answers. Whoa, whoa, We've whoa, got whoa. opinions on our questions that we're going to be posing. But obviously, it's something for you guys to think about and, and send your thoughts in as well. Because there are a lot of questions at the moment. Your Your ideal opening statement yeah. about... Leicester 7th is very much on picking up points still in the cup but I think it's not got quite got that that gleam on 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 the on the wording at the moment. Yeah, okay, so we are still what eighth in the league.
1: You can still finish 7th, possibly 6th. I mean, with a bit of a missed opportunity. We're still in the FA Cup. So as we speak, if you look overall, it's not a bad season at all. Um But it's about what's happened in the last couple of weeks we're going to be talking about. So if someone turns around and says, oh yeah, look where you are in the league, we get that. Don't worry, we get that. Um, I think we should start with um, the way Leicester are playing. In terms of the the, the previous two games, and you can maybe include a few more, about having more possession, about uh, creating those chances, or maybe even not creating those chances, should I say. Um, Leicester, they don't deserve... To win every single game, they don't deserve um, to win any game unless they perform, unless they create the chances, and unless they take the chances. Yeah, I walked out of the game against Stoke, going. It's a shame we didn't win, but it's it's one one. There you go. They didn't play incredibly well, but apart from their goalkeeper, really, that was it. It it was that shot by Mares was in, and
0: it was a oh, fantastic, was an incredible save. save. Yeah, but England's number one very very quickly. For this summer? I've always said so. Yeah. I've always said so. But Uh, I agree. For me, there is a
1: problem in the side. Uh, And the problem is they've obviously changed their style to a more possession-based game. Now, instantly, that's going to cause problems in the stands because Leicester crowd historically like triers, like the ball to be pushed forward, sometimes directly. Um, our success has come from that so you can easily label it that but also you would possibly say that's under the O'Neill era in the 90s and then before that we weren't the greatest side in the world and we were playing in a league where, and the league was based around that kind of football so a lot of the crowd have been bought up on that kind of style of football so you can understand why the crowd are shouting for that the problem is keeping the ball is all very well and good but when you don't produce the goods in the final third is in creating chances, timing in, time out for centre forwards or having shots on target, on goal or actually looking like you have a plan or a sense of direction when you're in the opposition third, then there's no point actually having the ball in the first place. You yeah. might as well do what Leicester did and let people come back onto him so and then on yeah. launch forward. Because that was basically our tactic. Um, now I've been asking myself on the way back from work a couple of questions and I'll ask you this question. Is the problem down to players in the formation? Because you've got to remember the formation was changed by Claude Perel when he came in and everyone said, Oh yes, fantastic. It's the formation that a lot of teams play in the Premier League. Four defenders and then you have two sitting midfielders, three behind a forward. There's a lot of teams play that way and it was working for a a long time really for quite a few number of games. Is it the formation that's failing the players or are the players failing the formation? Do Leicester have those players? Have we now gone to a certain stage with Poel and with this formation and with this style of football where we just don't have the players to play this way or do we have the players but they are the problem?
0: I think there are two key positions that make that formation more difficult for us in terms of the personnel that Claude Poel is currently selecting. When he first came in, he tweaked things slightly in that he kept Leicester's counter-attacking style to an extent, but the counter-attack was more quick passes through the middle rather than win it, ping a 70-yard ball for Vardy to chase, which is how we won the league pretty much. Drink water, picking up Kante's knockdowns and and spraying the ball into into the channel inch-perfect. The way I liked us playing under Puel was we moved the ball through the lines almost as quickly as that, but with more players involved. It was pass, 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 quick triangles, getting us 60, 70 yards up the pitch in no time at all. The thing that's changed that I can identify since these, I'm not going to say downturn in in results or performances, because... Well, it is. It is. But it's not. It's not disastrous. I'm not. I'm not going all negative it's, here. But it is a downturn. But Matty James doesn't have the technical ability to allow us to play through the through the thirds quickly. I I love him as a player. I think he's very honest, very hard working. He worked uh, wonders alongside a more cultured midfielder in Esteban Cambiaso when he really rose to first team fame for the first time. Matty James, I've got a lot of time for him and i I'm, I'm i'm not saying get rid of him at all but vicentia bora sees 200% of what matty james he sees twice as many passes in the, in the same time frame he can execute and he was getting it, and he'd got in the last five or six games before he picked up a little bit of a niggle i think he'd he'd got the pace of the of the game of the english game yeah, he he, he was he, he picked everything up. He, he was playing he, well. He yeah. was playing well. He had the odd game, obviously here and there,
1: where he was average or the the odd heavy touch or he, he looks because of the size of the fella, maybe not the, the quickest in the world, a bit cumbersome, yeah. But he made up for it in other areas. So that's a a, a, a player problem. That's a problem with the actual but, player. But why? Is, why?
0: Th- what I'd love to ask Claude Powell if he was sat opposite us here at, for Fox HQ. Why James not Ibora? That's Because that's, it that was initially... Oh, ebora has got a bit of a niggle, so he's probably not risking him for this game. But it's been, what, four or five games now where James has been selected over Ebora. Do you think something's happened with Ebora? i.e. they've had a falling out? If they'd had a falling out, would he still be in the match day squad? I mean, he kind of has to be because Andy King's not there, but he's he's shown already that he doesn't mind chucking Chowdhury in. So if he'd have had a problem with Ebora, you'd have got rid of him, got him to train with the under-18s or whatever... And put Chowdhury on the bench. Would it, you not? Yes, it, I agree. It seems very odd. The the only
1: way I might not go with that line of thought is the fact that Chowdhury was playing week in week out for the under-23s and they're obviously going for the league. I wouldn't say that's a reason to shunt his progression into the first team but or first team squad. I, I think there might be something behind the scenes. Y- y- we don't know. So, this is the problem. There's so many questions. Because of our position in the league... It means that there can be, because if you're bottom or in the bottom three, it's quite obvious what's going wrong. And you just need improved performances all round and maybe a change in formation or maybe a change in manager. But when we're where we are in the league, there are so many issues because we want to be playing better, getting better results. And there's so many options for it. So you've looked at the midfield. If you look at the forward four,
0: yeah, that, I said there was two positions. I didn't. I got. I rambled so long on James that I didn't well, move I, on. Obviously, you're going to say the number ten position. Uh, I'm not actually. Oh, well, I think I think that's an area for debate. Uh, but I think we've got a lot of quality players that can fill that. I don't think Mark or Brighton allows us to make as much of an impact as we could in the final third in a possession-based game. Because your front three, if you like, the three attacking midfielders behind the striker, your number 10, the two wingers, have to have some ability to find a gap. The gaps appeared before because we soaked up the pressure, invited them onto us, exploited the space behind. Now we're playing a possession-based game. The opposition are allowed to creep forward, creep forward a little bit, stay compact, not as many gaps. So, Brighton. Every time he gets the ball, tosses it into the box for one man, Jamie Vardy. Vardy is as good as any five foot eleven striker in the air. Don't get me wrong, but he's the only player in the box as the target. If he's not coming in at the back post, is skinny little Riyad Mahrez, who's won about three headers in his in his life, and two of them have been since he's blonde. And your number ten is either silver or grey, neither of whom are aerial prowess or or Okazaki. All Brighton doesn't have the ability. To create something for himself, he's he's just been tossing it into the box.
1: Hashtag Rob's rant. I've not had one in a while. No, this is
0: great. Um, I I agree.
1: My initial question was, is it the players' fault in this formation, or is it the formation that's not fitting the players that we have in the squad? Um, I think the answer is is both, mm. really. Um, so we've not really answered it. Well, no, this, this is, this is, is, my, this it, is it my initial Is it point. A or B? We've gone, well, it's a bit of A and it's well, a bit of B. Th- this is the problem because if we change the formation to suit the players, then that's going to be the way that we played and we've been successful, but we've kind of then looked at and said it's not sustainable for the next however many years. But if you then change the formation that doesn't suit the players in the squad, then you're basically sacrificing your league position and performances because and it's going to take a long time and possibly never change and then if you change the manager then it's all going to be the same thing over and over again and it's a case of whether the manager has been brought in to do that or whether he's been brought in as a head coach to manage the squad of players that's bought for him and then play him in the best way again which way that is i believe it's i believe pooyle's been brought in to change the style now i completely agree i i i Will go along the same lines. I don't believe James and Indeedee can play together in the midfield. Big fan of James, but I think they're quite a similar type player. Yeah, breaking stuff down, winning balls, and you would have mm-hmm. Indeedy there ten times out of ten, really over James. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, you, you would do. Um, I would like to see a Bora playing. I think everyone would. I would like to see a Bora playing with Silver, mainly because, and this might be a really basic point and a really kind of generic kind of. Man down the pub. Oh yeah, they they're from somewhere down in southern Europe. They will play together. I think they would play well together. That, Ibor... that midfield triangle would be excellent. Well, the thing is, you've got Ebore and Silver. Two players have played in the same league, or, or they've played in the same area. It's not same league. No, Port- see this is the, Port- this, Portugal and Spain. Exactly, this yeah. is my point, right? I'm getting it wrong in terms similar of similar style of football. Similar style of football. Both I playing think, Champions League football. I think they would complement each other. Yeah. Okay. And I know people out there go, "No, oh, just because they're from Portugal and Spain." But generally, I think that's the best to bring the best out of silver. I think Ibora needs to be playing in the side. Yep. Now, does Ibora playing in the side mean that the the team is has been diluted? No, not at all. Can he play alongside Ndidi? Yes, that's many people's first choice midfield That's too. been proven. The problem is, if you play those three in midfield, that means that you've only got three forwards. Okay, You've got Jamie Vardy, who's not going to get dropped, and I don't think needs to get dropped or should get dropped. Um, and then you've got two other players. This is the way I would like things to go. I think, I agree with Brighton fantastic player, what a great servant to the club! Fantastic on his day, brilliant, really good player, and I don't think he's been playing bad. At not at all. all.
0: No, it wasn't any slight I, on him, but, but he doesn't I completely quite, agree. Doesn't quite fit into what you're you're saying now. Three attackers. He's not an attacker. He's a winger. Exactly. He's a get up and down the line, and and he worked in the previous style and the previous formation. Doesn't work in this when, when you've got to have forward minded players. I agree, I
1: agree. He's, he's, he's a good player, but he's just been whipping it in the box blindly and it's not working. I think one player who's been very disappointing is Damari Gray. He's been given a, a lot of chances over recent weeks and he's been poor. He's basically been anonymous, you can't see him at all, He's not. what's he done? He's done nothing well, and that's been highlighted by the fact that he's not got anywhere near the first team in the last couple of games to rescue points, we've had the likes of Mahrez, that, uh, an amazing free kick um, <laughs> Stunning, he? and, and he's stood out so far, it, it's it's unbelievable and slightly worrying because he's more than likely not going to be there next year, um, can he play in a forward three? Of course he can on Absolutely, one side yeah. um, you could have Diabate. you could say to Gray, look alongside Vardy, Vardy at the pinpoints of a, of a three going forward. I think that's completely fine. The problem with this formation, and it was highlighted when he first started playing, is that you do need to have fullbacks that advance on. That's why he likes playing Bencho because he does that. Mm. Okay, Yes, he's got his critics, and a lot of them uh, put just points forward. He's a young player, he's improving, but he does add something down that side. On the right-hand side... Very weird, the fact that he played Armati in front of Simpson. Simpson wasn't on the bench. Um, do, you, I do you reckon there might have been
0: a recurrence of an injury?
1: Or, or has it been stated that there wasn't? I, 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 I generally believe he just played Armati because he thought, hang on, I need more attacking on uh, intent down that right hand side,
0: he he is a bit better on the ball, isn't he? I mean, he came to us as what a midfielder, central he, midfielder. But, but this, playing in this is my
1: problem. This is my problem overall. Is that if you're playing this formation, which yes has worked in periods, but if you pick any formation that is not completely wacky, it's going to work every now and again for a certain side mm. or for any side. But the problem I've got is that if you're playing this four at the back with these two fullbacks being essentially wingers because you've got three midfielders you need attacking fullbacks we've got one on one side and we don't have one on the right Correct. so do you carry on playing that way do you carry on in that formation he changed to a back three when he went off mm. now I'm a big fan of a back three I've always liked to Leicester or any side England especially playing with three central defenders and with Morgan and with um, Maguire and Huth I think you could play that or or Dragovic yeah Dragovic hasn't put a foot wrong it means that you would have them five midfielders you could have Albrighton in that side really as the wing back yep. you can have Chilwell on one side three centre midfielders the three we've mentioned and... and then you get the beauty of two up top and this is my my second point about having players fit in formations the way that we're playing now you can't have any Acho in the side he can't play as a number 10. No. It's not working out. He is a number nine. He's the player we bought to play alongside Vardy or to possibly replace Vardy in the future. He's shown he can score goals. I know against lower league clubs in the FA Cup, he's not a bad player, but he is a number nine. So do we then turn around and say, right, especially at home, especially, is it time to say, right, we're going to start from the front and say, Vardy, Ineacho, two nine and ten, two up top. Whether it's a 4-4-2, whether it's a three-five-two, whatever. We're going to pick the best players that we can and put them out on the pitch and figure out how is the best way then to play. Rather than just saying, right, this is our formation, who can we play this week? I, I think Claude, so far in his Leicester career, has, has done well in terms of changing the way Leicester play. And there are times, even in the last couple of weeks, where Leicester have looked half decent in keeping the ball and they've created one or two chances but the problem is for me they are trying to shoehorn players into certain positions and it's making the team play very poorly in terms of the likes of Albrighton there we don't have a number 10 apart from Okazaki who's not playing there's a problem in midfield there's a problem with the fullbacks there's a problem in the stand and it's a lot of problems there Pete well it is and I know we only drew but it's—he's meant to be the person to change the way Leicester are playing. Yeah. And at the moment, he's changing it for the worse. Anyway, into the uh, second part. I mean, I finished that by saying he's—he's he's changing it for the worse. But it's—it's it's just frustrating. You, you're trying to see the—the the timeline. How are we evolving? And you're thinking, well, it's—it's just a bit of a mess all round, isn't it? And fans are scratching the head and trying to say, oh, "Is it his fault? Is that player's fault?
0: How do we do this?" How it's do we hard do to pinpoint, isn't it? It's not like I would like him. It's not like there's one issue. No, fix it and move on, and we're fine. There's not one answer. But but also, there's not one question. We we, we could. I, 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 I want to turn this into a positive podcast eventually. But let's be positive. Well, I've got another negative first. Oh no, we could quite easily get dragged into that mid-table rubbish. We're not safe yet. No, I know. I know we're we're above. We're pretty much the best of the rest at the moment. But we keep picking up one point where we should definitely be picking up three. Whereas other teams are getting runs of momentum. I mean, Palace um, last night against United, uh, Monday night rather. They if they'd have held on to the win, they'd have climbed like eight places in the league. The the thing I would say about our league
1: position is it's just incredibly disappointing because our running is superb on paper. And we're in the middle of it. And it's just a real shame that we haven't picked up more points and really put pressure on Arsenal who are dropping like Burnley have not won since December. We we should really be clear... Arsenal are getting hammered. Yeah, we should be clear 7th approaching 6th place Arsenal. But then again, that's what I started by saying. We don't deserve anything unless we go out onto the pitch and do it. What I would like... I would love to, to know what the idea is. I would love to know... What the idea is in What's the plan? What is what is the plan? Because at the moment, we, you just
0: can't see. it. I'd love them to start playing Iniesta and Bardi up front together at home. How does Mares fit into that formation for you? If you, if you're saying you're playing a three-five-two or a four-four-two, where does Mares fit in? Because you've said all Brighton and Chilwell are going to be your wing backs. Well, the, the, do you put Mares in the number ten and say to Silva we'll play you away from home? I I, I think
1: with Mares. Um, you could essentially play him anywhere, really. Um, if you were playing in a four-four-two, then he would play out wide on the left. Yeah, but if you're you playing a three-five-two, right. if you were playing a three-five-two, you can have him
0: in behind the forward two, and then you lose your midfield triangle that you've been advocating for twenty minutes with and Deedy, and Silver. That's just it. There you go.
1: So who goes out of that? Silver. You could play a three. You could play four through three. three. You, that's what I'm saying. You could play. All these different formations,
0: but, or, but just not the one that we're playing at the minute with the people that he's putting in the or, positions.
1: Or you can say, right, we're going to play with these forward two players, and say this is this is the way we're going to go forward. We're going to have two centre forwards at home, and then build the best team behind. Mm. Okay, and if that means that Silver isn't playing, and it's Ndidi and uh, and Drinkwater and uh, Drinkwater, Ndidi Ooh, and um, from the past. yeah, Ndidi and, uh, and Iborra. Iborra in midfield. Then that that's fine. Because the focal point was the two centre forwards. Yeah. That's what I was saying with that. Yeah. Um it's it, that's what, there's the, everyone will have their own ideas. There were people out there saying, four four two, that's how we've got to play. Just get it down and just get some wins, job done. There's some people saying, I would I don't want that player to ever play, he's not very good. Everyone has their own opinion. It's it's great. My opinion is I would like to see them play a twenty five million pound centre forward, young from the start alongside Vardy in his best position that's the key point isn't it and get him scoring and build a team behind now the team behind again how that's set up I can sit here and go I'd have this 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 and this but for me put them two and then build from behind however that looks I've not really got a problem with because the forward two I think is the problem. We're getting into the final third. We're controlling games. We're not conceding that many, really. I think the problem is in the final third. And my way to change it is simply by playing two centre-forwards. Because I think the three players behind is not working out. It's working out with one of them, and that's Riyad Mahrez, who's absolutely on fire. It's working out with another player, Diabate, who's coming off the bench and looking lively. He
0: has an impact, doesn't he? He makes things happen. He makes... But, Defenders guess, but the other two. I'm I'm sorry, but Gray has been very disappointed. Gray's flat, and all Brighton's Brighton just not creative
1: enough. I so, think is... so you're taking them two out of your side. Yeah, there you go. You can then build from then on. You know, you got Barnes and the two other people to play. But uh, but anyway, that's that's. We'll see what happens with that. Um, whether he's going to make any changes
0: or not, I presume it will happen. Um, just be nice to put a run of positive performances and results together wouldn't it? It'd be nice to not just look back on a game and go oh last 20 minutes we deserved to win that but we didn't deserve to win it for the first 70 so what's I think a lot of um, a lot of the
1: people getting on at at James is poor I mean at the moment I've got quite quite a um, a stiff neck I mean normally that would be from because it's end-to-end football at the at the King Power but at the moment I've got a stiff neck because I'm not my attention's in the middle of the field because of all the sideways passes. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, thank you. He has actually got a stiff neck. He took, took that a, up. No, it took a while to get there, but uh, that was the joke I thought about on the way back. Um, right, yeah. So I think you can't blame James. He's no, being. No, he's no. Being, Let's make a point. Here. We're, his, we're not. We're not getting his... on
0: anybody's back. We're not getting on Claude Poyle's back. We're not getting on Matty James's back. We're not getting on Mark O'Brien's back. We're just saying that kind of. it's just not quite clicking in certain situations. And they are probably... I'm not saying James and O'Brighton are at fault because they're not that kind of player, but they're being pushed into... It's not square pegs in round holes. It's just slightly different shaped circles. Yes, and it, the,
1: it's such an opportunity as well because Southampton, poor. And again, this is not because Leicester um, are the best team in the land or the best team in the the, the, the bottom 14 teams, but Southampton, poor this year, West Ham poor, these are all teams who I'm, um, Everton poor, who who are predominantly from mid-table upwards. You've got Burnley outperforming themselves this season. And then you've got Leicester. Okay? This is an absolute golden opportunity to get into Europe. And people make decisions off one game. Social media nowadays, as we all know. But I do. If we win, I'm delighted. If we if we lose and we play very poorly, we ask questions. Mm-hmm. People saying, oh, yeah, you get get your passports out after a couple of games. We're going to finish seventh. Yes,
0: yes. I've got my
1: passport out. I want to
0: go abroad. Well, You've just f- reminded me, actually, I need to renew mine. Do you? Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I want to go an oldie this summer. I think mine's fine. I no, want to no, go to the Europa League qualifying rounds in late July.
1: Exactly. But this, this is the thing. As As a football fan, you want to do these things. So yes, if we put two wins together, of course that you, you you've got to dream. We were told to by Claudio. Yeah, you know, keep dreaming. That was his last thing he said, and and we want to be doing that. And we've got an absolute golden opportunity to do this in the league. Also,
0: we could do it in the FA Cup. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you should be a broadcaster on every the single FA time. Cup. There's such a smooth link, but. You know, they'd only be smooth if I stopped highlighting them. Yeah, you've ruined it I now. just ruined every single one. I'm like, hey, everybody. Hey, listen. it's Pete's just people, done another
1: smooth link. It's when people point out, like, jokes. Yeah. They'll make a joke, they'll laugh, and then they'll talk about it. And yeah, go, hey, did look. you see what I did there? Yeah, did you hear that joke? Yeah, yeah it's like, it. yeah, we did. Just do another one and don't talk about the one you just did. Um Anyway, yeah. Chelsea.
0: So, well, should we talk about Chelsea? Yeah, I, I let's think, talk I, about Chelsea.
1: I think we'll start by talking about Chelsea, mm-hmm. if you agree, yeah. by not saying what we should play
0: or who we should play or just, how. We've just spent 28 and a half minutes talking about that. Yeah,
1: and I've got half an idea that people are going to be listening to that first 20-odd minutes going, oh my God, Like that's just two people whinging on about players' positions. It was a bit too much. So we'll just talk about the possibility of beating Chelsea. Did you see Chelsea
0: at um, Manchester City? My goodness me. Now, I I heard a lot about it. I didn't see the game. But our good friend, friend of the podcast, Dave Rogers, uh, we were working together on Monday evening and he showed me a (coughs) 90-second highlights clip. It wasn't a highlights clip. It was a 90-second clip of what... I can only describe as walking football. I'm
1: sorry. It was awful. We, as Leicester fans, and as the club that we are in, we, we've got now with the finance, with the, with everything, fantastic. You know, we're moaning about this and the other. But, you know, tongue-in-cheek as well, really, because...
0: Yeah, we're, we're not we're, moaning, look, moaning. Look, look, look what
1: we've had. If I was a Chelsea fan, okay, and you look at... This is when you got like a, a Man U fan who... Starts, or Arsenal fans moaning about being in the cup finals and stuff but if I was a Chelsea fan I would have massive problems with that that would be something that I would let's say Conte goes at the end of this season okay they don't win which, anything which he's likely to I would the looks of it. say that that performance tarnishes an awful lot of what's been done including the league win because I'm sorry what that one performance yeah That performance, are you telling me, as someone who has watched the vast majority of Danny Drinkwater at Leicester, Mm. who was playing, starting in that game, that he doesn't close down people or run around and try his hardest
0: for 90 minutes? We've seen him do that. Yeah, of course. Okay. The problem for Conte is though that every single team in the Premier League, apart from Liverpool, has been tired out so much by trying to chase Man City's passing down I don't, and I then don't they've care. been picked off in the last third of the game. Don't care. He went extreme. He F- went extreme. Fabric F- Gas is the sort of player you might
1: say would sit back. But there's all the players in there. They were a very good side, a lot of them, very experienced players. I'm sorry, that was dreadful. Standing off players in midfield and waiting them to pass the ball back. Fabregas, at one point, stood two yards from a player for a good five or six seconds. and it was David Silver wasn't it? Yeah, and mm. stood there and went, well, I've been obviously told not to press. It was terrible. And Gary Neville, who, you know, as a genuine football fan, I think he's a really good pundit, this and the other. He's, uh, I think if he's not honest, Gary Neville. I think in the last two weeks, has been bought, like really good. Yeah, Really, really good. Arsenal. Because and and Chelsea, I was watching yeah. Monday Night Football the other day and him and Guru is also very good they were talking about they were asking a lot of questions about uh, the role of pundits and um, some managers criticising the pundits I'm not being funny He's obviously the number one pundits, along with, you'll say, probably Shearer on match of day, who started terribly, but in the last few years is now right, right up there. He's become a bit less miserable, hasn't he? He's been very good. I mean, obviously, he kicked Neil Lennon in the face, but there you go. Uh, which which Lineker reminds him of all the time. Good. good. And he hates, you can see. <laughs> but anyway, they really did kick back and say, well, look at that. If you're a football fan, that's a disgrace. And he said, I'm a football fan. I'm a pundit. I'm here to put my opinion across and I think that's a disgrace. And I think he's absolutely, completely right. Don't think that's going to happen on... <clears throat> I don't think they'll pay us on that on much Sunday. respect, Peter. No. And I
0: think uh, Antonio Conte will be under scrutiny for that. So expect them to press more than they normally would. It's going to be difficult. All you can ask for is a home draw in the FA Cup
1: quarterfinals. Um, do, you, do you know what, though? Go on. This is touch wood not tempting fate or anything, because it doesn't matter um, that I've said it, but at the end of the season, mm. we could have got knocked out in the two cup competitions at home in the quarter-final stages mm. and finish eighth in the league. Mm. So basically, on the border of success or at least getting to the last stages stage of cups and be in one place off Europe, mm. we could really be... The season of what if?
0: Could so, so you it could it, also look at it and go that was the season where we were the best of the rest. Should uh, and we both said at the start of the season, whoever
1: finishes seventh is the best of the rest. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but, but we were we would have been eighth. But you, the season we survived. Yeah, is called the Great Escape. Correct. The season we win the league is it's called whatever you, you want know, to call it. Yeah, yeah. Insert name here. Yeah. Um, you've got the Champions League campaign.
0: Yeah.
1: Obviously, the league side of it, it was just the most ridiculous. Well, we didn't season play of the Premier time. League that season. It, it was, was just nah, ridiculous. Champions but League. It was the Champions League quarterfinals. This would be the what if season. Knocked out at home quarterfinals, Man City on penalties. Knocked out against Chelsea at home, however, and then finished eighth in the league when you really should
0: have been in Europe. I don't want it to be that, but. You used the 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 phrase "damp squib" at the very start of this podcast, and I think that is we are on the cusp yeah. of of owning a season of a damp squib. Now, would that necessarily be a good or a bad thing for Leicester City fans? We're used to a bit of drama, as you say that you've reared off three seasons there where we've had uh, excitement at every turn. This season, are we perhaps a little bit guilty of asking questions because it's going so averagely? Yeah, that it's part of a podcast's duty
1: to, to, to pick holes. But I think the holes are so big at the moment that you, you have to. And also, what I just said there was you could maybe even just a few percentage say that's kind of like an Arsenal saying, oh, look, us only getting so-and-so far when actually teams would love to get to the quarterfinals. Mm but look at the, the side we've got, look at the, the, the base and, and the recent history and, and the state of the Premier League from seventh place downwards. Um, it would be a missed opportunity. But Can we beat Chelsea and progress to the semi-finals of the FA Cup? That was the original question, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. I, think, I say yes. Uh, oh, I, I think so, because Chelsea are playing very poorly. I I, I thought they played, um, in the Premier League especially, I, I thought they played very well at home to Barcelona. And I'm glad that they're not out I'm glad that they're not 3-0 down at home and they go there and think oh you know we can really go for it at Leicester they've now got something really to play for I'd have loved them to have held on for a 1-0 win would have been ideal for for us Mm. from our point of
0: view Um, But, but regardless of the situation as it stands Chelsea are beatable they're beatable especially at the King Power anyone's beatable at the King Power especially with the fact that the FA Cup has to be our priority now. I know he's played weekend sides in previous rounds. We have to go and try and win the FA Cup now. We we do need to go and win the FA Cup.
1: The thing is, um, if we win the FA Cup, that means that we would have won two trophies in the last what couple of years. And as a Tottenham fan walks in who's not won anything for years and years and years. It's Actually, ignoring it's, Tot- you. it's Tottenham's big night tonight. No, you got to make- what do we do have we got tonight? You've got to get to the quarter-final <laughs> yeah, stage you know, to be on right? to, to, to start saying anything about that to be honest and I know he's going to hear this now but like I kind of want I know he doesn't believe me but I want Spurs to win yeah, because, I've always supported English sides in Europe but we're even
0: slightly
1: when Chelsea got there but you got Terry in that yeah but, oh, you mate, still want them to win? Man United joined the nineties. I always wanted them to win. In yeah, I do. I I've do got to that be old fair. Back, mentality. back
0: the English, even the British teams, even though you know even Celtics Tottenham not do any well. Even Spurs, mainly because he's gone. He's they, gone. Mainly because they came third in a he's, two-horse race. He's, he's gone. He's gone. Has he walked out again? No, yeah, he's gone. I hope they get absolutely <laughs> smashed. <laughs> you are cruel. Did, uh, did that look convincing? What? That? Yeah. I th- I believed you. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, West Brom at the weekend Yes We have to we've, we can't Go and smash them Back to Chelsea, Chelsea. Oh, Alright, you're not finished on Chelsea yeah. uh,
1: The one point I was going to make um, First of all, what a terrible decision them To uh, play Man United versus um, Brighton At 7.45 on a Saturday When Brighton fans can't get back What an absolute disgrace The FA It just shows you It's it's just all about the money yep. This, that and the other mm-hmm. That being said I... Hates if we have an evening kickoff like that on a Saturday. Again, that being said, I would have liked it to have been seven forty-five on Saturday, more than half four on a Sunday. Why? Because the atmosphere would have been better. Yeah. Everyone would have been on the pop all day. Let's get let's let's be truthful about things. Yeah. Rob Hayes, if you were going to that fan as uh, that game as a fan, yeah, would you have been on the pop all day beforehand? I don't think I could handle all day, but I might have had a couple. Exactly. I'm just saying, and the atmosphere would have been really good. That's what
0: we want. Okay? Friday night. Yeah, but Sunday afternoon, half four. Get down get down, the, the, uh, get down the pop house for about 11 o'clock. The pop house? Family friendly show. You called it the pop, so you've got to have the pop house.
1: Right, early doors, get smashed, down the King Power. <laughs> but if it was a Friday night, Fine. I don't like Friday night football, but still, Friday night, Saturday evening, okay, look at all the games we've had Saturday evening in London, not Sunday afternoon for me.
0: Do you think that's going to make enough
1: of an impact? I I really do. I'm not just saying this as, as something to put out on the podcast. These are the things. The King Power crowd makes a massive difference to Leicester, okay, and if they are right behind him, which they always are, if they're really, really loud, which they always are, but... They need the team to be playing to then get behind them. Don't I'm not saying this is all on us. This is not all on the fans. The the team need to be playing well for the crowd to get behind them. But if they start off on the right foot, do you know what I mean? It's mm. these little things that you look at weeks before games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This, is, this is what being a fan is all about.
0: But starting on the right foot is surely smashing West Brom and then playing two up top against Chelsea at home in the FA Cup quarterfinal. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: so the FA Cup game, we'll probably do a podcast All Oh no, we won't. Because it's Cheltenham,
0: so you'll be off again.
1: Yeah, I'm not here for the Chelsea game, by the way.
0: Pete's fault. Oh, you're not. All right, I'll have to staff that then. Thanks I'm that going minute.
1: on. I'm going on the golfing holiday to Portugal during the best week of the year. You animal.
0: Yeah. By the way, I, I don't play golf, but I'm going. So you're doing everything else that comes with a holiday, and then attempting to play golf. No, not even going to attempt to play golf. Nope. Okay. I can play. I can hit the ball, kind of, but.
1: There's about twenty going. Are you going on the uh, pop? Exactly. There's six of us who are non golfers
0: who'll be watching the racing during the day, whilst drinking pop. Yes. Um, There's a pool and everything, but like, and then in the evening when the golfers come back, you'll share a pop with them. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But um, there we go. Sounds good. But it means that we won't be
1: able to do a podcast, so we'll have to really do the the Chelsea game now. We'll finish off on the Chelsea. Um, We've got to go. We've we've got to just go for it. Go for it. Even if it means leaving chances in behind, go for it. Try and win it now. Don't wait for a replay. Is there a replay? Yes, there will be. Um, of the quarters? Yeah, I'm just answering my a question. Me a question yeah. It's got to be, in there. it? Um, you've got to go for it. Try and win it. What we don't want, this will test your knowledge, um, we don't want a replay at Stamford Bridge. Why don't we want a replay at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea in the FA Cup? Because
0: we don't do very well in them. Why? I don't know why. Who was it? Uh, I went to an FA Cup game there where Frank Burrows and Jerry Taggart were in charge. That didn't go very well. <laughs> oh my God. No. Mm. We're going back to no, no. Frank Burrows? I
1: don't. It looked um, a bit dodgy. He had a flat peak cat and a big uh, bushy mustache. Craig Levine's on TV. Um I I'm going back to about ninety seven. Okay. FA Cup I want to say about, I think it was 5th round I don't think it was quite quarter-finals but correct me if I'm wrong um, and we got to the deepest of extra time we were 2-0 down in the first game it was on Match of the Day it was live um, on the BBC and I think there were problems in the Carling stand at half-time behind um, Des Lynham and Jimmy Hill brilliant well, Is that because um, they've been on the pop all day, as you suggested? Yeah, and I think there was Chelsea fans in the carling stand. Oh, OK. And it all kind of kicked off behind them and that. Um, and there was a lot of trouble outside on Burma Street. Anyway, they were 2-0 up. Leicester scored two late goals, 2-2. They get to the second game, or the replay at Stamford Bridge. I think it was goalless. And um, I want to say Erling Jonsson, or something like that. He was um, a red-haired big centre-half who was... Absolutely rubbish, and he ran into the area in like the last minute of extra time or dead late of extra time, and fell over Spencer Pryor, jumped on the floor, jumped into someone, and it was just the biggest dive of all time. Referee Mike Reed gave the—I uh, mean, this is what you can tell. This is all haphazard off the top of my head. Mike Reed—he gave the, Reed. he gave the Mike penalty. Mike Reed is a Radio One DJ, who's also in the EastEnders. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Um, all right, darn it, and um, he um, he gave the penalty, and it was uh, the place goes nuts. O'Neill goes absolutely insane afterwards. Pryor has gone mad, he's grabbing people left, right, and center. We'll the, mess with the, whole, the whole place has gone mad. They score the penalty afterwards. Um, there was a question about this raised in parliament because it was such a big thing, mm. and I think Danny Baker, who was presenting Five Live, got fired because of him going, because obviously he's a big Millwall fan, he went absolutely nuts about it and I think he got fired in the end because of it.
0: Brilliant. There you go. So we don't want to play <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's, That's history why we don't corner. want to play Chelsea in a replay. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, but so West Brom at the weekend, bang, win, 3-0. So West Brom haven't they
1: They haven't won since August, I want to say. Four games all season, I think. Okay. And uh, who rolls up into town? Alan Leicester. Pardew. No, Leicester. Yeah. Perfect, perfect side. Any record that needs breaking, Leicester.
0: Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah, um, so good luck to West Brom. Stick a punt on a Rondon hat trick or something. It's got home win written all over it. Stop. They weren't that bad against Watford. We've got to beat the team that are bottom who haven't won in forever. We've got to. Otherwise, your list, your back of your envelope with your questions on it gets three times as long. I've got
1: different formations and all sorts going on. I don't quite know what I've written here, but there we go.
0: Yeah, I know. I was reading some of it. But do you, do you know what I mean? We beat West Brom. I'm not saying it's questions answered and everything in the Garden's rosy, but it's it's there are more questions to ask than answers if you fail to beat the team that are bottom. Yes, we need to go there with an attacking intent.
1: We don't want to sit back... Uh, Rondon normally does quite well against us. Yeah, he's a good he's a good handful, isn't he? he? He's a handful. I mean, I must admit, Troy Deeney scored against him, and you look at Troy Deeney now, and you think, crikey, how could we, you know, mm. offer
0: nearly thirty million pounds for that? Um, but go beat West Brom. Take a bit more positive energy into the game against Chelsea. If the if the team that you've selected, the starting eleven, is the team that does the business against West Brom, start them again against Chelsea. Do you know what the funny thing is?
1: What? I think the formation that we've just slated and that we said is not working, or not slated but said it's not working for various reasons, either because of the formation or because of the players, our initial point that took so long to get across, I actually quite like it away from home.
0: Oh, here we go. Because it's quite... Three quarters of an hour on this. Yeah, but away and from home, just, and not... you've just decided to discount
1: everything you've just said. No, but away from home, playing like we have been, is not the
0: worst thing. Pick your pick your team for West Brom then before we go off. Right. Well, we'll do both. Schmeichel. Schmeichel. I would play um, Fuchs
1: if he's fit over Chilwell. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would play um, Morgan and. Maguire. Some
0: question mark saying that Morgan should never have got back in against Dragovic because he did nothing wrong. I completely agree in terms of Dragovic
1: doing nothing wrong. But Morgan, Morgan is the, the leadership. He's the, he's the captain of Leicester City yeah. and he's a very good player and he's been playing very well as well when he's come back in the side, which I am slightly surprised at because of his size and his age. I think he's played very well and I still think he's a very, very easy target for people who are looking to just question something to do with the side and they're picking on the wrong player who's been playing well. I think he's an easy target. Who's who's your right back? Anyway... um... Um, the right back
0: would be Simpson. Got to be Simpson. I think for me. you play the, you play a solid back. You've four. got to get four defenders. You're in, playing away from there, especially if playing against West Brom, who will try and use their big men as battering rams.
1: I think against this side, you would play indidi and Ebora. Yep. And I would play
0: three behind Vardy. Yeah. And I would play if fit Okazaki, but yeah. I don't think he's fit. Uh, yeah, I agree. Well, he, he was expected to be named in the matchday squad at the, at the weekend, but he didn't make it. So well, in that another case, week, you'd hope that he'd be. Yeah, you've got to be he'd hope he'd be fit for sixty minutes. Well, for which me, is all he's ever been fit for anyway. Okay,
1: I would play Mares obviously on on the left. Yeah. Okay, I would play. Now, depending on what their options are on the left, I wouldn't really have a problem in Albrighton playing because of his defensive cover, and also we're away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would quite like to see Diabate play on the right, Ebora on um, Mares on the left with Okazaki. In the middle. Now, if Okazaki's not playing, then I would play grey. But if you play grey, you'd have to play all Brighton just to act as that defensive cover as well. Yeah, um, That's where I would I would go. Because, again, it's not all bad. But away from home, that's what I would do. Now,
0: would you do anything different? Mm, no, is the honest answer. I think if you, you could play Diabate and Mahrez, whatever side you want, and get them... Interchanging because West Brom's fullbacks are likely to be Kieran Gibbs, who is uh, rubbish, not great, uh, and Craig Dawson, who's just a centre off centre back. Yeah, what so do do? you'd expect Mares and Diabate to be causing them all sorts of problems. Diabate's knock and go pace alone should be beating Craig Dawson.
1: There is a major, major problem though. Go on. We've both picked a player who can no longer play football. Who's that? Riyad Mahrez. Why can't he play football anymore? Because he's retired. Have you not seen? Oh, what a load of rubbish. <laughs> do you Hash, know how many, Hashtag fake news. Do you know how many people like messaged me this morning? And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And oh, I saw it ridiculous. and I was like, I'm not even going to give it the time of day. I put it out there, but it. it's not April the 1st or whatever. But um, to be honest, that would have been a good thing to put on April the 1st. Oh, do you know what he needs to do on April the 1st? If this doesn't happen, if this, scrap the fact that this happened, but... On April Fool's Day, how good would it have been if he puts a statement out about Man City or something like a real kind of like I turned them down because they didn't want to pave my drive with gold, something weird like, <laughs> something ridiculous. do you know what I mean? Something really weird like
0: yeah. it would it would be because people would believe it. Some people would. Oh, people, well, some people believe this people, fake news yesterday. People are stupid.
1: People think that we know what we're on about for a start. So. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Um. So that's our side against West Brom,
0: Chelsea. Um, I suppose it depends on... Same team if we beat West Brom, for me. Yeah. If that's a team that's won you a game in the Premier League, pick them. More more
1: Diabate rather than the Albrighton angle, really. Yeah. Um, I I would love to see Diabate one side, Morris the other side, and then have Okazaki as that link player with um, Vardy up top. I'm not saying at all that Diabate is the answer. He's very easily interchangeable with Gray. Um, It's just... He he's not playing very well at all at the moment now before we finish um, obviously this is massively early but I was just thinking on the way back because I was thinking about Gray um, and how poorly he's playing just remember we turned down £25 million for Gray yeah, which none of us wanted to sell him no but just and I know right now he could score a hat-trick on Saturday and he could really kick on the end of the season that's fine Sitting here right now, if the transfer window was open still and Bournemouth came in and offered £25 million, would you sell
0: him? No, purely uh, for two reasons. One, £25 million is not going to buy you a, a better player than that. And two, because Clubwell has a track history of getting very good results from young players. I... We don't need to cash in on him. We don't need the cash.
1: I would say... If that was the case in this hypothetical world, which podcasts are, but I would say, first of all, yes, I would sell him. Um, because I just can't see any progression in his football at all. And I can't see... He's he's evidently a decent footballer. And he's got plenty of uh, positives about his game. But the negatives... Look at Diabate, the way that... He instantly controls the ball and runs with the ball. He's not the finished product by a million million miles. Very raw, isn't he, Diabate? But but at the moment, he uses
0: the raw ability that he's got better than
1: Problems, yeah. At the moment, so I would say yes, I would sell him. And the second reason is because I know twenty-five million. You said is not the greatest amount of money. Um, I think a, it's probably worth that at the moment. And I would also put it as far as saying if we're still going to be going for players like Diabate. You could use that and sign three or four or five players. Look at our history of signing for players for five million or under. It's fantastic. It's when we spend the big bucks is the problem. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's just a hypothetical. Out there, would you, Would you? if that was the case, if Leicester were still in a transfer window and they offered 25 million, would you sell him? I, I think most people would. Again, next week he scores a hat-trick, most people wouldn't. But that's just the world we live in at the moment. So we've got West Brom on Saturday, beat them 3-1. And then we've got Chelsea on... Uh, a week on Sunday.
0: Yep. Beat them 2-0. Yep. Wembley. Yeah, Wembley semi-finals, isn't it? Fantastic. We'll have to have a quiet word with the gaffer and try and get ourselves on commentary duty for them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I'd
1: want to or not. No? Would you you want to go down on the pop. I, do you know what? I would like to do it for the semi-finals and then if they got to the FA Cup final... I'd want to go down as a fan. Fair enough.
0: You sound like you're hungry, mate. Don't so get it, right? let, you, <laughs> yeah. let you get some dinner. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your non-golfing golfing holiday. Mm, yeah, I'll, I Hopefully, will. Hopefully, we'll be sat here next time on the podcast swap two weeks from now, ish, fortnight from now. Enjoy the Cheltenham Festival. Looking forward to the semi-finals of the FA Cup.
1: There's a really funny. Um, there's a really funny uh, clip I've seen on. Uh, this better be really funny no it's it's just it's just quite the, the first few seconds when um, it's it's a well known uh, betting firm and they've hired um, Gary Neville and um, Jamie Carragher because they work for them if it, you know then what I'm, what I'm talking about yeah. and they've just a new clip which I've, I'll show you in a minute it just was on Twitter and um, it's really funny he whips him
0: he does what no, he whips him no but like
1: it, 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 obviously it's not planned you know, really is kind of just, you know, whilst the cameras are rolling. And it, it obviously really hurt. Well, go and watch that. It is funny. And um, I thought you were going to ask me for a tip then for the thing. What? For what? For the horse racing. I'm, I'm not a gambling man. Oh, for God's sake. It's the Cheltenham Festival. Everyone has a great right. what is your tip? Sam Spinner in the Stayers Hurdle on the Thursday. There you go. Formerly the World Hurdle. But uh, back to its old name of the stayers, Sam Spinner, Young Horse. This time next year, it will be everyone's nap of the meeting. But this time you're going to get 9-2, 5-1. It's going to win.